Hey, welcome to the Gentle Rebel podcast, where we navigate life's harsher edges with a spirit of compassionate creativity. I'm Andy Mort, I'm a sound artist, songwriter and slow coach. I love helping people see the world through the lens of their unique creative sensitivities, rising above the cynicism, bitterness and resentment that can keep us disconnected from one another and ourselves, wondering instead how we can tune into our sound, process life's endless noise, express our creative voices and explore the contours of human potential with openness, curiosity and a shared sense of purpose. This episode is going to be slightly different from usual though (laughs) I mean most episodes are slightly different from one another anyway Um, but I want to share a conversation that I recently had with a chap called Alan Denyer who is the owner of the LTB showrooms in Coventry where I was recently involved in an art exhibition under the theme of rapid response Um, so the idea around this theme was uh, playing into the fact that there. Uh, the the LTB showrooms has a very limited lifespan. So at the time where we were organising it, so some, my friend Jane, Jane Bracey was the um, the curating artist um, involved in bringing together uh, a bunch of different artists from around the area uh, with different mediums and, and ways of approaching this theme. Basically, around the um, I suppose the the limited nature of time when time is pressing and, um, you know, you're facing, um, in, an impending, uh, loss or an impending change, um, that can't be stopped. And so, yeah, this was playing into the fact that the LTB showrooms is due for demolition. So it's part of where, like in an area of Coventry where that's due for a redevelopment. And, um, originally when, um, the, uh, the exhibition was organized, the, place was due for demolition at the end of November so the exhibition was at the start of November or the end of October start of November um, and then yes the a month later it was due for demolition that has been now pushed back to um, the end of March 2024 um, which Alan talks about in our conversation um, but yeah it re- really sort of got my creative juices flowing um, this idea of, of rapid response I mean just beautifully sort of juxtaposed to my position as a, as a slow coach kind of provided a really nice opportunity to, to think about the way that, that pace and um, pressure and all of that kind of thing changes our uh, relationship with uh, what matters and the, and our endeavors and the things that suddenly um, come into focus for us. Um, And so part of the exhibition, there was a, there was like a launch night on the uh, on the first night and then a closing event at the end um, and I played a few songs at both of those events and had the idea of, of writing a song originally I, I was thinking can I write a song um, live while I'm playing um, you know just get people to call out ideas from from the audience and, and I'll like turn it into a song that's a that's something I really I I will do one day. It's been on my mind for many years as a as a thing that I'd love to do. Um, but in the end, I decided no, I, I don't think that's the way I want to go with this. So what I did was uh, basically kind of put a box out and said, "Please share your responses to this question. If tomorrow was your last day on earth, what would you choose to do or choose not to do?" So uh, yeah, this kind of slightly ambiguous question so it wasn't um making any judgment about you know why it would be your last day on earth 
Is it just you? Is it everybody's last day? Uh, what happens after tomorrow? Like all of that sort of stuff. I'll leave that up to uh, to the imagination of those responding. Um, but I wanted to to then get those responses um, f- like during during that first night that gig, and then um, over the the next couple of days, people were were sending responses through social media as well. Um, and then I was going to turn that into a song during that week and then play it at the closing event. Um, and what I ended up doing actually was re- recording the song um, and playing the recording at the closing event rather than sort of playing it live. Because uh, one of the things that I did was uh, I went to the LTB showrooms during that week um, and went around taking um, taking kind of field recordings really like field recordings of um bits of the building so it's because it's an old building it has a lot of character and makes a lot of strange noises so uh yeah creaking doors floorboards um mysterious things that you're like where's that noise coming from i'm not (laughs) not entirely sure but there's all sorts of stuff that was like yeah i want to capture these sounds and and really let the building speak before uh, it falls silent, you know, permanently when it when it gets demolished. Um, so I ended up putting the the bulk of the of the beat, the drum beat, essentially that sits within the song, is made from these found sounds around the LTB showrooms. Um, and so, yeah, that was why then I thought, yeah, I'm gonna I'll play the um, I'll share the whole uh, the the recording rather than playing it live. Um, because that was a, a real part of it. It was like bringing the building into it. Um, so, yeah, that's what I did. And the the song is out on, yeah, releasing this episode on the, what, the 15th of December 2023. The song is officially out on the 18th. Um, so I thought I'd use this as an opportunity to, to kind of weave together um, my conversation with Alan, where we're talking about, um, you know, what he does, like why why he does what he does, which is just a, a really amazing story, uh, really, and some some fantastic, like the, his values and his vision for uh, the projects that he undertakes, very much like community, cultural, creative spaces um, that are, are very inclusive for for, for everybody. Um, and kind of providing opportunities to connect, um, to connect people with one another, to connect people with themselves, and to just bring um, you know local creative um, offerings into a space where people can uh, can access and enjoy them. Um, and so, yeah, I thought I'll bring the conversation that I had with Alan um, together with, uh, I guess, sharing this song publicly properly for the first time. Um, so that's what I do uh, through this um, through this episode, and the, the whole song is um, is shared at the end uh, at the end of the episode. So I'm not going to come back after the conversation. I'm just going to let that play out. Um, and I don't think I have anything else to say other than if you are listening to this before the 17th of December 2023, um, I'm going to be doing a live uh, Zoom kind of event on on the 17th where I'm going to talk more about you know the process of writing the song the themes that came out in response to that question uh, if tomorrow was it was your last day on earth what would you choose to do and or, or choose not to do uh, some of the surprises of the responses I, I you know I was kind of like oh this is interesting 
um, there were things that I was expecting to hear more of and, and things that I wasn't expecting necessarily to hear. So yeah, I'll talk a little bit about that on Sunday. Um, and if you're listening to this afterwards, um, then I will probably have made that, <laughs> that event available somehow. Um, I will put, put more information or a link, uh, in the, uh, the show notes for this episode. So yeah, have a look at that. Okay. Yes. This is me talking with Alan Denyer. I guess let's just begin with where we are and, you know, what, what the LTB showrooms are and how you got your hands on them. Okay. Well, this is a story going back to before the city of culture. Um, in fact, it goes back about five years before that as well. I just, I don't know. I, I'm not a creative or a, um, I'm not a, an artist or a, or a musician, but I love the energy that, that creative people bring into, into a space, particularly a physical space. Um, and I, I used to go and see small bands and things in, in other towns and cities. And I can remember saying to myself, in some place in Leicester, um, why doesn't Coventry have cool things like this going on? Um, what can I... I wonder if there's anything I can do to make that happen. And I didn't have the slightest notion at the time that you know, there was actually something that I could do. Because I'm, I'm ex-telecoms and I'd been doing a little bit of sort of property um, development, doing a fixer-upper kind of things. But I didn't have a clue about running a venue or, or, or networking with artists. I didn't really know very many people in Coventry that, that were doing anything like that. I just had this vague notion that it needed to be more interesting. Um, and about a week later, I just happened to get an invitation to... Um, what's now the Telegraph Hotel, which is a boutique hotel on the other side of Coventry, uh, from a developer guy that I know, who said, hey, look, we've just bought this for two and a half million quid from the Coventry Evening Telegraph um, newspaper group. Um, we're going to turn it into a hotel, but we don't have the time or the money to do that for at least a year, and I hate the idea of it sitting here doing nothing. Um, what, what do you reckon? So he invited me to have a look round, um, and just said, look, it's yours if you want it. You must know people, interesting people in Coventry, just, I don't know, do something with it. So I kind of part my day job, which is sort of like part-time restoration thing, and um, me and a mate just decided we would open it, um, do the front of house, because um, the, the developer guy was originally going to do the um, the volunteer staffing side of things, but of course that was too difficult in the end. So it just ended up being me and a, a, a few mates who, who had to organise that. But I kind of I just set it up and and reached out to a few people and said, look, we've got an opportunity here to do something interesting. Put some art on the wall, throw projections up on the wall, do some little impromptu DJ sets. Um, any anything really and I was just astonished by the number of people who were coming through the door on like the first weekend we must have had like 300 people just walked through who wanted to have a look around this you know unusual space because Mm -hmm. it was you know the the building was the star it wasn't what I was trying to do with it particularly it was people just were really inquisitive because it's not every day you get an opportunity to walk into a space that that really the public's never been invited into because it wasn't just a front of house um like the uh, the shop element, the, the the offices. It was the print 
um, facility that sat behind that in a huge big basement. In fact, there were two huge big stores. Even had the original, the, the huge big print machines were still in there. All the, all the kit was still in there. It was like like the Marie Celeste of, 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 of the, the printing newspaper era. Um, and there was water in the basements like this deep that we had to squeegee out every morning just to get the place, you know. Well, but every it, morning? Pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> much, you know, like it was below the water table down there and like the River Sherbourne was happily making its way into, into the premises. But um, it, that was my first introduction to the kind of interesting things you can do with interesting spaces. And I, I suppose my skill set is, um, look, I can fix um, problems that buildings have uh, pretty cheaply but effectively. I'm just you know, one of these people that can do a bit of everything, you know, whether it's electrics, plumbing, carpentry, bricklaying, um, you know, all sorts of everything, um, just various skills that I picked up. And I know pe- if I can't do something, I can bring people in who do it as a favour for me. So um, that was quite an eye-opening experience. We only had it for one year. Um, but I genuinely think it's one of the reasons that Comptry got awarded City of Culture because City of Culture judges came in as part of their, right. their walking tour yeah. of the city and went, whoa, this is cool. Because we, we had like artists just setting up in different corners doing things. It wasn't anything that I staged particularly for their, their yeah. visit. It was, just, it was just naturally, a bit like LTB. Yeah. It's just a, a, a community of, of interesting people doing interesting things. And... Um, you know, they were walking around going, wow, you know, this is just the kind of grassroots initiative that we want to see that our expertise and, um, and cash can help kind of create some legacy with. And I thought, yeah, fantastic, you know, that's going to be great. But um, our window of opportunity closed before um, the City of Culture rolled in. But I was always looking for another premises to do a similar thing for. And we had a couple of short-term opportunities that didn't really... It didn't really happen particularly. Um, the, um, and then I came across uh, this because basically with City of Culture on, on the near horizon, I was sort of saying to the team, hey, look, you know, there's lots of stuff that you're going to be funding, um, mainstream artists and, and programming. There's loads more that's under your radar. The fringe stuff, as I, I don't like that phrase, but... Um, the fringe grassroots stuff that I, I know loads of people who just um, won't be getting funding. They're, you know, they can't write funding applications. They're not established artists or anything. Um, but I just know that if I can find a space, I can do some really interesting stuff. And we looked, I say we, because I was on a, like a, a working team that City of Culture put together at my behest just to try and find um, some spaces for this kind of thing to happen. Um, eventually this came on ra- my radar but because it wasn't accessible because it's just an upstairs space that we, re- we originally had here they weren't interested in getting involved and I kind of understood that I did try and get 1500 quid out of them to fund a wheelchair lift but by then they were just, you know, their heads were elsewhere gone. Right. so uh, that's how come I got my hands on this space basically somebody introduced me to the pub um, because originally there was a pub downstairs uh, who had derelict spaces above the pub that 
um, I basically said, look, if I fix all the problems that you've got with this, can I have it as a freebie? And there were pigeons flying around. There were broken <laughs> windows. There were holes in the roof. Um, there was no electric. Sort of quite a lot of stuff that needed doing. It was about 10 grand worth of materials spent that I had to do. But I took my time in. And as luck would have it, COVID happened about that same time. So um, along with a lot of other people, I suddenly had a load of spare time on my hands. I could come down here on my own and just sort of crack on with getting the, um, the long list of stuff um, done. And really the glittering prize for me and the other folks that were involved in that was just this, well, if we could have our own space to do our own thing, um, it's a kind of build it and they will come mm-hmm. philosophy, really, because I kind of knew that if we had the, a cool space, and that's, that's sort of my, it's what I do well, you know, creating an interesting space, that people would be drawn to it and would walk, walk in and go, whoa, I could do this, yeah. or this thing yeah. I've, I've always had in mind to collaborate with X, Y, Z on, this is the place for that, you know, and, and th- interesting things would start happening. And we kind of grew the idea um, from that and probably in the first year had 15,000 people through the door so that was a mixture of artists uh, musicians uh, created but mainly the visiting public because my whole I'm not interested in what we call artist allotments I don't like gifting studio, um, studio space to people to just sort of do things I like everything that happens here I want to be public facing mm-hmm. for me the big crusade is not just to give grassroots arts and culture a, a showcase but it's 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 to try and develop an audience and an appetite and a, a curiosity for um, exploring those kind of cultural offerings that, that for me are, I don't know, it should really be part of the DNA of any town and city, um, you know, to have those, those things visible and, um, and, and binding communities together. And I try and, I try and set up this space to have something for everyone. So, I'm not interested in only creating a, some kind of nice gallery for white middle-class um, arts types. This is for everyone. We kind of call those people who... Because there's loads of people that think that arts and culture isn't for them. It doesn't matter whether it's Coventry or, or Leamington or wherever. You know, There's always a chunk of people who just don't think that this, is, this kind of thing is for them. Mm-hmm. So I, I try my best to lay out strands so that so that people um, let me just kill that <laughs> so, so that people uh, have have more reasons to visit if you like so we we put commentary history stuff on here I'm, I'm interested in commentary history so it's something I enjoy doing but it's it kind of brings a non-arts audience into the building but really it's the building that's, that's the start I'm always trying to I'm, I kind of think it's, it's the property developer perspective I'm Every time you walk, turn a corner, there's got to have be something interesting to look mm-hmm. at. So I'm, look, I'm creating a series of vistas that, that are visually interesting. So that's whether that's using the building's architecture or um, you know, how we decorate things or the lighting or the, the art or the projections or the music that we've got in there, that it's just something that, that kind of creates a series of wow moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and the informality of the space... And the fact it's a bit kind of rough and ready, but it's it's curated. So you kind of there's always a tipping point with these facilities. You know, it, I'm forever rushing around, just sort of placing things. You know, to stop it looking too messy. Because if if you're the wrong side of the tipping point, it goes from 
being a cool, artsy <laughs> yeah. thing to just looking like a crap village hall. And, it, and it's a very fine line that a space like this kind of inhabits. This, there's like a sweet spot where it doesn't look too good because if it looked too good, people would be thinking, what, is this trying to be the Herbert or something? Yeah. It's crap because you haven't painted that, you know. Yeah. But, it's, it, but if it's too rubbish, people just walk in and go, what the fuck's this? You know, it's like, Do you have like, markers of what tells you where that tipping point is? Well, is it just sort well, of intuitive in you? Uh, it, it is kind of intuitive. It's, it's, for me, the key uh, metric is whether it takes a good photograph. Um, and I know that's just visual only, but it tends to be... If, if there's something that's stopping any view of, 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 of any of the spaces taking a good photo, then I kind of think, mm, OK, what is it in this space that's not quite working. And I always start with the worst thing. What's the worst thing that's letting this down? Um, is it, you know, just things that are piled up in one corner that are just, mm-hmm. is there too much in here? Is there not enough in here? Is the lighting wrong? Is just, you know, it can be one of a, of a number of things, um, but it's, that, it's, it's a curational challenge. That's the discipline that you just think, okay. But I always start with, I mean, it was loads of work that I had to go into just getting it to this point, um, just stripping out the things that don't work and going back to the basics and just trying to get as many of the fundamentals right as possible before we start to reintroduce new stuff mm-hmm. into it. So that's kind of, that's the discipline that, that we apply. But you, it, it always surprises me how little you really need to do to spaces to get to that tipping point. But it always surprises me to be where that tipping point is. Because okay. you kind of be doing doing stuff and then you'll turn around and look at the space and you think I've got there you know yeah. because suddenly it's gone from looking crap to looking like something that yeah you could hang a piece of art on the wall and mm-hmm. suddenly it would be be something that would create a dinner table conversation I, I, I use this phrase a lot it's, it's something that elevates it beyond the, the normal to something that you you know when you sit down at the end of the day with, with your friends and family you get, It'd be something you want to. Te- you have to tell someone about. Hey, I, yeah, I, I did loads of things during the day, but this one thing I went to R2B. Yeah. There was this mad room that had this blah blah blah. It's a dinner table conversation, so yeah, it's, it's yeah. just something that. Like that's, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a bit. It's it's extraordinary if you like. Um, yeah, and you know, the reason I, I I'm trying to give opportunity to to people that either don't have a lot. Um, that they, you know, I love giving first display opportunities to people, people who haven't had um, you know the the chance to to get their art display. But um, I like to mix it up with with people who um, have. Lots of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've got we've got high end art here. We've got low end art here. We've got everything in between. I don't like to have too many of the same kind of things. So, um, and I also get bored really easily. You know, seeing the same things in the same places. But I'm like the visiting public. They yeah. they are the same. Yeah, they, you know, it's a reflection. Yeah. So we, I think it, you have to be able to look at the space with those fresh eyes that a new visitor would would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really kind of try and keep that. That professional detachment, if you like, from from it, and not get too close to things. But so, yeah, I'm always itching to 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 put new stuff in, and then the content. A lot of people ask me, oh, you know, 
when, but what are you going to do with all this when you're finished? It's, well, okay, the the content isn't 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 the difficult bit. That's actually the easy bit because we're always getting interesting things coming to us um, or doing a call out, and then you know we'll get interesting things yeah. come in. Um, it's it's the building, you know, finding spaces like this in the the right kind of space in the right place. Um, is the precious thing. And for me, it's, I don't know, it kind of goes back to caveman, cavewomen um, times when, or Anglo-Saxon times when everybody would come together in a great hall and they'd be sharing stories. So the wisdom of the old would be shared with, mm-hmm. the, with the youth. People would be um, sharing their experiences of what they've seen and done during the day. Um, and I think increasingly in the modern age with our our phones you know we get our culture fix from you know if you get some some little idea and you want to investigate it you type it in and you get your culture fix from the phone you don't get it from um, collaborating with people mm-hmm. or meeting people and sharing ideas or asking questions or, or expressing curiosity in a physical space with other people you don't get that anymore so I'm quite you know Part of the passion with this is to create those physical spaces that people can come together and do that. And it gives people, people a kind of a mandate, an excuse, because it's so odd and unexpected that you kind of, you can walk into a room with people that you don't know and say something like, whoa, this is a bit bonkers, isn't it? And it kind of gives you an excuse to have a conversation with people that you do not know. Yeah. And that wouldn't happen in, or so much, in a place like, the Herbert, for example, you know, yeah, I'd feel awkward striking at a conversation mm. with someone I don't know in a, that kind of environment yeah. because I don't know, it's just something almost too formal about it. That doesn't the environment, the, I guess the the way the art sits around this environment is very accessible in terms of you can just engage with it yeah. in in an authentic way. Like this is bonkers. Yes, and if you don't like it, it it's fine to say. Yeah, this is crap, but <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's, I've got quite a throwaway way of talking about stuff that, you know, it's... But it... I don't know. Um, there's stuff that I, I don't like or I'm not passionate about in mm-hmm. here, but there's stuff that I, I like. But the fact that it's here at all mm. is interesting for me because I'm getting to see lots of things. And even if... If the visual art doesn't grab me there's normally a story associated mm. with that that, that is interesting or the, just the fact that it's in an interesting building is enough yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's I don't know that, it's a bit hard to describe but for, for me that's that's why it works in here I really like your like that whole philosophy and that vision behind it like when you're talking about the city culture stuff actually this being a reflection of the city's culture beneath the I guess the facade, the surface level of what those kinds of initiatives bring, which is kind of very performance-based, like that show the the best and the shiniest stuff. That really, like that, really speaks to me in terms of being such an important part and something that's missing, as you say, in a lot of. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's, it's 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 a much used phrase, but I, I I like things that that have lots of authenticity and feel real. Um, and have soul, I suppose, is kind of what I mean. And this, even though it's rough and ready, it, it, it's kind of up by the people, you know, it's of the people, by the people, for the people. Yeah, that's it. That's what this is. 
Um, and it can be all, it takes all sorts of shapes and forms. It's um, and you don't have to fill in any forms to to get your art displayed or to do your event because it's not just about art on walls. It's I try and encourage people to use the spaces to to um, put on their own show, put on their own event, um, and that can take any form. So it's um, but we try and make it as easy as possible for people to do that. So because um, I know. A lot of things, you know, if there's if there's a cost involved, whether that's financial or whether that's a time cost, it just it's an obstacle that stops things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is, a, you know, it's a great opportunity having a, a building which is pretty much a freebie. Okay, I have to pay about five hundred quid a month to to uh, pay for the electricity, but the Cov City Council it took a lot of arm twisting, but I've got to say, you know, they delivered in the end. Um, we got a freebie lease. We also got 100% business rates exemption. And that suddenly means that I can say yes to loads of things that um, in any other situation you'd have to be asking some kind of higher fee for. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have a higher rate here. That's not to say that I don't look for um, donations if I think that, you know, it's sort of like a pay what you feel, pay what you can approach. And if I think that... um, if there's some money being made, or if there's some funding that's that's sustaining the um, mm-hmm. the the approach or the request, or if there's um, hassle for me that I've got to cover, uh, or my volunteers that I've got to cover, I, I kind of might say something like, "Well, look, I love love the idea of that, but um, I'd be looking for some kind of contribution. Mm-hmm. Can you make me an offer?" Um, would would be my approach. But um, if I think it's particularly exciting or original or interesting, then I'd, my inclination would always be to take as many barriers away, obstacles away, and make that happen. So, That's really um, cool. Because it's, it's, a, it's a kind of, you know, we don't pay for anything here. I don't commission artists to come in or musicians to come in and do stuff. It's, the, it's a partnership deal. It's like a quid pro quo thing that um, we've got a cool space that I put time and effort into creating and maintaining and you can come and do your cool thing here if it, um, for free and I'll offer the space for free so it's kind of like you put the content in I put the space in um, together we try and bring an audience together for that yeah. and make make it exciting but um, that's sort of the deal here and that it, I was going to say it, it sometimes doesn't work actually it almost always works because if People, because of because they're sort of doing things for free. They're not doing things to make money. It, it's their passion for the project that sustains it. And I tell you, you know, when you get that right, that motivation um, can deliver everything. It, it just does. You know, so I've only really things only happen here because people are really motivated to make them happen. Um, and I try and make it as easy as possible. I've only got limited time that I chuck in, you know, when I'm not doing other stuff. I try and, I try and make it so that my day job's about half of the time during the month that, that um, I use it. If, if I was only doing LTB, I'd get bored. If I was only doing my day job, I'd get bored. So I like to have a, a nice a, little balance. A nice <laughs> little mix, yeah. But, um, so that, and that's, that suits me. But if this started to feel like a job, mm-hmm. then I think I'd my motivation would just just you know fall through the floor because really it, yeah. it, it's got and I say this to the volunteers and anybody that, that 
want to do stuff. If it doesn't feel like fun, it's not worth doing. You know, that, that's the key thing. If it starts to be a ball ache, um, you know, okay, there's, there's, there's some more difficult bits in any project or any running of anything. But if overall you're feeling, after you've done a couple, one hour or five hours on that thing, is, oh, this is like, I'm not enjoying it. Just don't, yeah. you know? Yeah. Don't. There's no obligation. You know, it's like, only do things that 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 you're passionate about and, and, and are fun, you know? So that's, that's my... Great. Yeah. My, that's key, my kind of key qualifier, if Infuses you like. through everything, like a, a kind of distinct lack of exploitation, <laughs> which it kind of highlights the fact that people are incentivized not simply by money. There's yes. a motivation and incentive Absolutely. that runs deeper than that. Yes, I wouldn't say, I mean, I get this all the time from people who kind of look at what we're doing and go, oh, how is that sustainable? And, mm. you know, you're not paying artists and um, you're not, you, you don't want to pay for the building and, like, you know, you don't want to pay a lease. Like, how is that? It's, it's not sustainable. And I used to get this from City Culture. It's like, like yeah. you know, who were looking at how traditionally a legacy is created. And I was like, well, hold on, come on. Um, there, there's something really liberating about this approach that it does work i've done it you know four or five times now in different different venues you say you've shown that yeah it's you know and what what kills me is the amount of empty space that just sits there Mm -hmm. buildings that aren't being used whether it's short term whether it's longer term there are i don't know i could probably sit here for another three hours talking about the long list of buildings just in this city that are sitting doing nothing and there's a lot a lot of reasons for that but um, any building in, in the right location, we, I can breathe life into. And this is kind of like a blueprint for, well, God, if you've got a building that's sitting doing nothing for six months, why, why not hmm. give it over to, to local community use? I mean, there's a certain way that, that you have to approach things to make it interesting, um, to make it relevant. Yeah. Um, and you know, I keep going back to this artist allotment thing. I'm, I am not interested unless there's a public-facing element to the whole thing. So, I don't know. You know, I've had approaches from people who w- wanted to rent one of the floors here for for three or four weeks um, for five grand or something. It's like I am just not interested in that. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> not 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 that I'm not interested in five grand, but it's that money is not the motivation. Yeah, it's yeah, being yeah. interesting is the motivation. And there was no public-facing element to that. It was just rehearsal space from some big mainstream organisation that I won't mention the name of. But um, it was like, no, that's not what this is for. And the, I mean, I, I enjoy making money. We, we, we run a bar downstairs. And you know, one of the cool things is looking at the sum up app, yeah. you know, seeing, seeing the, the actual takings clock in, which is great. Um, but that's, that's not the reason that, we run this. It's it's great that creative activity can generate some income because so that it's helps. It's like a byproduct of that. Yeah. Yes, but it, it's a byproduct. It, yeah. um, it's not it's not the key reason that we do this. Um, and if you know, I, I look at some other venues who there's always the temptation if you've got a high high overheads, whether that's staff, whether that's um, building costs or whatever, to start 
doing things that you that you're not excited by. So, um, the, I mean, you know, for, for me personally, tribute bands and stuff like that. You know, I get lo- lots of approaches from people saying, "Yeah, we're the, we're the um, I don't know, I've, I must have had twenty approaches like this in the, in the last year." People who they were touring tribute acts. They're saying we can bring loads of people in, make loads of money. I am just not interested. I don't want to. You <laughs> That's know, a powerful position. To well, well, yes, it is quite liberating to, <laughs> yeah. to be able to pick and choose. Um, yeah. And I'd hate to be in a situation where we have to do things, or we're kind of tempted to do things yeah. to pay the bills that just aren't moving the game culturally on. Um, so, you know, it, we like to have a mix of, of things here, but um, there's no commercial imperative, mm. particularly. Um, but it, I, I, I don't know, it, I suppose the other side of that, you know, what does success look like here? Um, I hate having really cool, interesting events or exhibitions on that are poorly attended. So um, that kills me. And it also kills me when people walk through the door of the place and go, oh, you know, how did I not know that this, this mm. was here? This is fantastic. Well, that's great to hear. But how, how did you not know? You know, like the amount of time and effort I put into to marketing promotion here, you know, it's, I don't know. I, <laughs> how did you not know? Yeah, um, I don't know. That's I your thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's just one of the challenges. I mean, country is particularly poor at, there isn't very much engagement in of audiences here and and that's why we got awarded city culture you know i'm not like pretending that mm. you know it's it's a new problem or anything you don't get awarded city culture for being good already you get it because no, you're, you're you're yeah. crap you know investing in it's ground zero yeah. really in terms of 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 participation and, and engagement um mm. and i was really hoping that things would change and you know sadly they haven't i don't really see that the situation is any different now than than what it was, but there are lots of reasons for that. You know, the, the whole kind of COVID timing was 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 terrible for um, for that. Um, but you know, for me, it, it, it's for Coventry. It's quite an, it's it's a it's a challenge or a situation that's got its roots um, back in I don't know late late seventies, early eighties when um, the what was a fairly vibrant city centre just seemed to lose its mojo. Um, mm. That was partly because the car industry that had sustained, you know, a lot of the money and um, and uh, positivity was coming from the car industry, which probably employed I don't know half the people in Coventry back then in the late seventies. Just suddenly went from being great to being like um, nothing in in the space of twenty four months. You know that that kind of 82, 83 period, um, Comptry just went from having having a really good international reputation for for things happening to there just been nothing. Mm. Um, and people about that same time, the the local pubs and breweries, the estate pubs as I, as I call them, that you know that um, were built in the, the the 30s in Coventry just suddenly got their act together and were giving people a lot more choice. So rather than going into the city centre, people were going local because those those pubs were originally for old 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 men drinking yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And then they changed their their 
approach and um, started to appeal to a younger audience and, and they were doing really good food offerings so families were using them um, so they, were, they reinvented themselves at a time when comedy was particularly vulnerable um, and um, people just stopped using the city centre that's and right I didn't know about it's that, kind yeah. of just I mean I can remember 83, 84 you'd go into Broadgate um, for Christmas and New Year and there'd be 10,000 people there and then just within a year that just stopped happening Wow! it, w- it was really weird it was like somebody had just switched a, um, a, t- a tap off that um, people stopped thinking that Comfrey City Centre had had anything for them mm-hmm. and that affected not just the pubs and clubs but um, you know restaurants the you know the shops and things people just got out of the habit of of thinking of the city centre as a cultural destination yeah and it never really got its mojo back um, whereas other other towns and cities found the opportunity to, to reinvent themselves I think Coventry kind of it got rid of a load of the the interesting warehouse buildings um, or you know the older Victorian style um, stuff that that was readily gentrifiable. Um, it got rid of all of that. Either it was bombed in the in in the Blitz, or, or most of it actually was was got rid of in the in the sixties and early seventies, just as part of the, the whole kind of redevelopment thing. Um, and it so it never kind of caught that that wave. And the other thing that constrains Coventry is that there aren't enough people living in the town centre. That dates back to pre-war times when. It was just so heavily industrialised that nobody lived in the town centre. So that a lot of Coventry's population lives out in the suburbs and they just can't be bothered to come into the town centre. It requires too much of an effort. The ring road also perceptually <laughs> makes you think, even if you live in Earlson, which I do, which is only 10 minutes walk away, you kind of Feels think... Feels like really far. The, the ring, it <laughs> makes it feel like it's twice as far it's away really than it actually is. Yeah. You know, it's a perceptional thing. And that happens all the way... It just stops people thinking, oh yeah, I'll go into the city centre because the city centre feels like it's too far away. It's, it's mainly the, the lack of people that live in the city centre that, that's, that's affected things. Um, I'm actually an advocate for the city centre south scheme. Anything that introduces upmarket residential apartment living for not just young professionals but families as well um, is a good thing because it starts to make us feel more like Birmingham, more like Manchester, more like any other big city. And it's the European model as well. It's the it's kind of thing... sort of root, ways to create roots in a place. As yes, well, yes. Yeah. And you want, you want families who are hanging out yeah. in the city centre, not because they've made a special effort to come here, but because they actually live here. You it's know, just it's, there. It's yeah. on their doorstep. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've got a vested interest. You know, it, it, it just... You know, having a, a space like this, having LTB, I would love a lot more people to be coming in and using this as as the great facility that it is but you know I kind of one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing is to try and make make that step change possible um, to trying to reframe people's um, thinking of what the city centre is and that it's got something for them um, and these things take time you know mm-hmm. you're changing quite a quite an ingrained um, attitude to, to life that you, that you don't even think about you don't you don't think about the reasons that you don't spend more time in conversation. No, it's centre. making me think, really, yeah.
just thinking about this the solutions or the way forward like how do you bring that sort of sense of community and culture into a place like Coventry I mean you that sort of residential situation it's kind of one prong of that I suppose um and having kind of projects like this perfect but yeah what's the do you have sort of a sense of where we'd need to go more um yeah, it's, I mean, it's an interesting one. I, I, that kind of culture buzz, that kind of cool Coventry culture buzz thing is, is the holy grail. That's what me and a number of other individuals are, I guess, aiming for in terms of our, what, what, what does good, you know, what does success look like yeah. or feel like. Um, but it's, you know, there's so many different things that have to be happening at the same time to to create that momentum and that um, that sense of 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 pride and possibility um, and um, yeah you know I don't know it, we had we had an event on Saturday afternoon here which was um, the one year anniversary of the Dynamo project who are a um, addiction rehabilitation it's a cafe that's been set up by an ex addict on Hartford Street they've only been open for a year but they will we just had the chance conversation three weeks ago and they said uh, well we're going to have a um, like a, a party get together celebration anniversary thing at our shop but it's not really big enough is there any chance that we could use LTB and I went well yeah um, be a, a dry bar thing you know which is fine uh, and they put, I don't know, about 15 acts on. You know, a lot of open mic stuff, um, keyboards, um, vocals, guitars, um, rappers. And we had 150 people in here. And it was, there were families. There were, you know, a lot of people that were associated with, with the event. Um, and the sense of community was just fabulous. I didn't know these people at all, but I felt welcomed and part of what was going on and it spilled out onto the the area outside the Lytton tree um it's quite a nice afternoon just felt i don't know it was like this is the kind of thing that if this was going on every day mm. in three or four venues in the city it would automatically start attracting more people in and you create like a center of gravity that was, was like compelling that um because people love that they you know it's that it's that sense of connection and belonging that that I think is is fundamental to what makes you venture out and um, spend time. You know, whether it's shopping, whether it's you know sitting and drinking a coffee or or going to a show or something. It it's that connection and belonging that. And for me, it I'm not really interested in doing stuff in the communities. Um, for me, the big challenge is Coventry City Centre, and I just like I want to see people fall back in love with Coventry City Centre because for me that's the big thing that's missing from from Coventry and I you know I'm 59 years old now I want to leave a legacy that that my son who's 21 can kind of be part of that new Coventry that that I'd like to see happening Mm. but I do ramble on a bit you know there's there's lots of strands (laughs) to all of these conversations I don't have the answer to everything you know you just try and do what what you can to to be the change that, that you want to see happening. Yeah, you know? that's it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there's so much interesting stuff. And 
it's like just picking up on i guess there's people are so atomized you know you said like about the phones that you know you just go and get your little cultural hit by opening your phone and it's the i guess it's the surprises that you get when you come to a place like this like it's you don't go for an event necessarily um like that experience that i suppose you had on saturday was a oh wow this is turned out to be something that I wasn't expecting or, or whatever. Um, and it's those experiences that bring people... Well, for me, I, I, I don't know, it's, it's the random conversations that you yeah. have, those random connections that you just didn't expect um, that, that make it interesting. And I, I can remember back in what we used to call the CET, the Covington Telegraph building, this is like six years ago now, um, I had no interest whatsoever in running a venue. I, I thought that would be boring because I thought <laughs> that people were boring. This right, is seri- okay, seriously. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just thought, you know, I've got you know, my mates and um, I, I, th- I thought putting myself in front of, uh, front of house, um, talking to other people, it's just going to be what a complete bore that would be. And from day one, it was just an epiphany for me, you know, a revelation that actually if... And I think it was not so much the people, but the, but the environment. You mm. create an environment that that creates the talking point. That, that it's the starting point for so many different conversations and, and stories. Unlike everybody that came in there, because I had I had a building that I could talk about. You know, the, yeah. the whole conference. There are so many different strands that go away from that. Did you used to work here? Did you know someone that worked here? Isn't it amazing that 600 people used to work here and that there were 100,000 newspapers being produced here? And we, did, we hardly have newspapers anymore because we use the internet. Yeah. And, you know, just imagine... You don't have to force the conversation. As well. well, well <laughs> it, it just like gives you an excuse to have a really interesting conversation yeah, yeah. with everyone that comes through. Mm-hmm. And it, it sort of just... And, and I was realising that um, those conversations were then taking me off into lots of different areas that I didn't expect. Yeah. You know, we'd end up saying, well, where are you from in Coventry? You know, okay, yeah. What's your background? Um, all that stuff that you just would not think, yeah. you wouldn't have an excuse to have that conversation with, with somebody in any other place, mm-hmm. it, or at least it would be a lot more difficult to force that kind of engagement. Yeah. And it happens the same here. You know, like yesterday, there's some guy who's wandered in um, thinking that we were still the litten tree, just to use the toilet at the back, which I, I don't have a problem with, yeah. as long as people treat the place with respect. Um, he's wandered back out, and I just say my normal thing, you've been here before then, you know, it's just my normal meet right. and greet, uh-huh. you know, ask a, just a, a starting question to get a, a conversation going. And I find out that he's, you know, we, we just start with a few little things, and then I find out that he's... Um, Back in 1974, he was at Desmond Decker, t- came to Coventry and played at St. Og's- Osberg's Church Hall, which was just an extraordinary random thing that mm. happened back in Coventry that I <laughs> heard of. And he was there, right. and we had this huge big conversation about what Coventry was like in the, in the, you know, the late or the mid-70s kind of thing and, and all the influences, and he's telling me about you know, what, what he'd done with his life. And, and we were talking about the schools because he went to a school that was quite close to where I went in Cowden. But it was just like, and, and I, because I'm in this environment, I can shut that conversation down at, at a moment's notice. Yeah. I could just sort of say, well, I've got stuff to do. You yeah, know? Yeah. Like, and, and he could just say, well, actually, I've got to go and meet my missus because, you know, she's shopping. At, you know, it's all yeah. that kind of thing. There's no pressure mm-hmm. to extend that conversation 
beyond where it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I sort of people bouncing together and then, yeah. So, that's, so, yeah. so you know, I, I must have had, God, at least 5,000 conversations with people in the last um, three or four years that, that I didn't expect, to, yeah. you know, that, that's only happened because of this. And, Do you still um, think people are boring? No, I don't. <laughs> well, this is my epiphany. And yeah. my wife says to me, she's went, before you started doing this, you, you used to be awful, and now you're not. You're, you know, really? You're really engaging and, and, and you know, engaged and, and, you know, and open. And um, so I've kind of become a different person yeah. through all of this, which I kind of enjoy. That's you know, cool, it's, yeah. Um, it doesn't feel forced. It's just something that's happened organically, you mm-hmm. know, and... I don't know, not everybody's like me, but um, I think it's, it is, it's a good, positive environment to, to be having those conversations. And I see, that, see that this quite a lot. You know, we have people who come in here with, I don't know, not a lot of confidence or um, they're, you know, they're troubled by something or other. And, and, and this is it's a safe space that allows people to kind of just re-establish... Um, connections yeah. make those connections feel that you're part of something that's that's bigger without any great obligation you know you, you only do as much as, as you, you feel comfortable with it's not there's not like any pressure and people can come in here and you know I I, I suppose I'm quite good at the, the whole meet and greet thing now because I see so many different people come through and if people just want to be left alone mm-hmm. you know and just sitting quietly in a corner and uh, read a book or you know just or just wander around taking photos. That's fine by me. You know, yeah. you don't have to have a big conversation with, 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 with me or the volunteers or anybody else that's in the room. But it's I don't know. It's just um, it's that that random those random connections that I think are, you know we we kind of miss as a set of people, don't we? And um, and I think you know that that's quite special. But that only happens in a physical space. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's part of the motivation here. Yeah, it's creating those conditions for that to happen, which are, are fewer and fewer these days, yeah. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to, I mean, to finish, like, it'd be good to just think about the end of this place and, you know, what's next? Like, what, yeah, how long's this got left? And did you know when you took it on that, you know, the, the lifespan was limited? Yes, I did. Um, so that, I think we, we weren't sure what the timescales were, but the, um, I think I thought I'd got, maybe a year when we first got involved in this uh, and the first three or four months of that was just basically um, getting the building to a state that it was safe for the public to come into because of loads and loads of work um, and the timescales thankfully have been rolling back on I'll say thankfully you know thankfully for LTB and but not maybe so much for commentary because um, it really does need the redevelopment to be happening the so yeah, um, we've had we opened in August twenty one here, so um, over two years now, two and a half years. Um, we've got we were originally 
um, expecting vacant possession to have to be given the end of this month. So just, you know, basically the end of this week. Yeah, was, I was going to say a couple of days. What yeah. I've been working to, because when I got uh, the lease out of the council, it was a six-month lease. Um, but about five weeks ago now, we got um, a four-month extension. So we've basically got until the end of March 24. That timescale is still not definitive. Um, the council will advise early in the new year, depending on, um, there's a thing called the Reserve Matters planning application that's, that's the next big milestone in the City Centre South um, scheme. Um, that's supposed to be going in early December. So if that goes in on time and there aren't, I think there's pu- a public inquiry that's part of the whole process. So um, unless there's any wrinkles on that, I think maybe there might be a couple of months extension but that's just my my guess uh, with what what I've been hearing um, but I'd be surprised if it's any longer than that so we are say we I am looking at another potential venue possibility for LTB to move to um, it does wear you out um, inhabiting buildings on a meanwhile basis yes I was gonna um, say, yeah. it, and, it, and it's a bit frustrating that you know, there's stuff that I'd love to be spending time and money on. That it, it's just hard to justify your time and your money if it's just a short-term yeah. opportunity. So really, um, what I'm interested in is finding a long-term legacy venue space that we can continue to operate in a similar fashion with relatively low overheads so that interesting things can continue mm-hmm. to happen. And that they can continue to happen after I've... Um, Hung up my uh, my venue managing um, gloves. Is that the right expression? <laughs> lanyard. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> lanyard. Yeah, there's clippy um, keys. That you, yeah. Yes, it, you know, <laughs> I I really want to be passing this on to the younger generation of, mm. of people um, because they they are the future, and um, you know, it's it's something that I think that every town and city needs more of. It needs these kind of interesting spaces that. Um, can encourage interesting things to happen. Uh, it's a showcase for 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 creativity in in a city, but it's also a, a place that the community um, can feel is their own. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I think you know, even though I run this as my own personal fiefdom, if you like, but you know, this very much is is run for Coventry, um, and I think people get that when they walk in; mm-hmm. they don't get a sense of you know, this is. Alan Denny's ego project. It's not, <laughs> it's not about that at all. You know, it's like, it's, I keep saying this is not about me. I have fun here, but that's, that's not the reason for it. It's, um, it's for country people to do their thing in, you know, what, whether that's sitting down and doing a workshop or just, um, you know, find out about the history of, of, of the city or seeing um, interesting events on here. Um, mm. And, that, you know, the, the city of culture almost got there with the assembly gardens thing i think for a while there was country people felt that that was for them mm-hmm. um and felt comfortable there and there were some interesting events going on but um i don't know it wasn't it wasn't really a permanent ever meant to be a permanent space where you could you could hang out and and do your thing um so that's really what i'm i'm aiming towards i can't um go public with those conversations just yet because we're in early stages, but it's um, it's a detached, derelict building within within the city centre, within the Ring Road, um, 
the other side of town from where we are now. So um, a stone's throw from the River Sherborne. So there's a couple of clues. Oh, there you go. There. So, there's cause for hope then. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I just want to say, like, on behalf of everyone who's been kind of able to display stuff here, thank you for providing that, providing this space. It's like, yeah, it is just fantastic. So thank you. And thank you for, uh, yeah, spending some time chatting. This has been lovely. Yeah. In the uh, country afternoon, late afternoon yeah, sunshine, it's actually quite a pleasant space to be, yeah, isn't lovely. it? Lovely. Good garden room. The garden room. <laughs> yeah, we call this the long gallery because it... It puts me in mind of a Elizabethan long gallery in like an old stately home or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. We'll take one for the road if the bar is still open and head up the hills at sunrise. I've packed what I found round the house And I'm hoping it's a big enough bag of supplies Just bring yourself, cause I need nothing else We'll laugh as we try when we slip and we slide Just bring yourself, cause I need nothing else Heaven will glide in and out of our minds There's still hundreds of songs I've not had chance to sing But there's only the time for one more I want conclusions and closures And I'd like to read the end of the book in my drawer Just bring yourself Cause I need nothing else Let's sing without fear That the critic might hear Just bring yourself Cause I need nothing else Leave your wristwatch at home Time can leave us alone What we see in the world In between we're the same underneath With a cloud of starlings We swim in the sky Dance and we float on the breeze Just bring yourself Cause I need nothing else Hold me in your arms And turn off the Cause I need nothing else Put your money away It seems worthless today I'll write you a letter So these words don't just fall through My hands as they're turning this phrase down from
top of the morning And we've built up a house on the sand We'll strike up the fire, reminisce through the evening Before the waves claim back their land Just bring yourself, cause I need nothing else You're the flicker of light in Cause I need 